All right, good morning. Let us continue. I'm sorry that we're getting started a few minutes late, but let's, uh, let's continue. So, Merit Hashem, today we are going to finish up the Sados. So, if you remember, again, we ended off last class with what I thought was, hopefully you found it to be an intriguing maral as well, right? The maral highlighting this incredible yisod that the world was created deficient. Hashemayim, shamayim la'ashem, the aretz nasam libnei adam, the only perfection that there is to be found in this world, ultimately, again, is from the Ribbono Shalom, or is with the Ribbono Shalom. Anything that is Ba'aretz, by definition, is deficient. So remember, again, the Maral also used this Pasuk to explain, or this concept to explain, Ein Adam Tzadik Ba'aretz. If you are Ba'aretz, if you are on the earth, if you are in this world, then by definition, there is deficiency. This, of course, this is an incredibly important Hashkafic idea as well, because it helps us to create realistic expectations for ourselves as well as for others. But we left off with the fundamental question, which is, why would the Ribbono Shel Olam create an imperfect world? In other words, I, I, I understand, I understand, but why the creation of imperfection? Why, why create something that Badafka is unfinished? And, and I want to point out, Meaning, obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to teach us a lesson. Because remember, let's go back to the entire episode of the creation of the trees. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have just created trees that produce fruits. The trees taste like trees, the fruit tastes like fruit, and Shalom saw We would have never known the difference. The fact that the Torah Kedosha goes out of its way to tell us first fruit trees that taste like fruit, and then trees that taste like, I should say it differently, fruit trees, tree. Yeah, eight priosepri, and then only eight osepri is obviously there to teach us a lesson. So if I were to ask you, what's the lesson? What would you say? What's the lesson? Why did the Chodesh Baruch create an imperfect world? Excellent, so we could have Bechira, excellent, because the truth is, maybe in a state of perfection, everything becomes so obvious. Everything becomes so obvious, Bechira, excellent, good. So, beautiful answer also, meaning maybe it could be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to help us out because the truth is, so many of us live with the perfection, or excuse me, so many live with us with the, with the anxiety of not being perfect, of not being perfect. Oh, and we create these expectations of ourselves. Sometimes, again, some, some people create, you know, external, you know, external expectations of perfection. Some people create internal expectations of perfection. And the truth is, Baruch is telling us measured expectations. You know, sometimes the most important thing in every life relationship is to have realistic expectations, right? It's, it's no different than no parent would ever be disappointed in their three-year-old for being unable to do algebra, right? No one is so disappointed. My child's mom is such, such a waste of talent, right? No, it's why? Because the expectation is not there. So many times in relationships, there's disconnect because there aren't shared expectations. So if I'm in a relationship with Reuven and I expect A and he delivers B, but he didn't know what A was, he didn't know my expectations of him, but this is incredibly important also in the realm of, in the realm of marriage and other life relationships because so many times shalom bias issues are created because pe- people sometimes think that in like a marriage, in a marriage, your husband should know exactly what you're thinking, right? That, that if you love me, then you definitely know. No one knows what you're thinking, who you're, what you're thinking, except for two people or two entities, and they are 
You and the Ribbon Sha'olam. No human being is the Bokhin Lavavas. This is very important because so many times people are hurt in a relationship because why, why didn't you know? Why didn't you know? Why, why didn't you know what I was thinking? Why didn't you know what it is that I needed? And the simple answer is never expect anyone to know what you're thinking. No one knows what you're thinking. But what you can do is articulate your expectations. If you say, I need you to do this, I need you to be this, I need you to be here. I need, if you articulate, then ultimately if the person who you're in a relationship loves you, they want to meet that expectation. But it's incredibly important. You cannot assume that people, even if they love you, even a parent, right? Even a parent who raises a child and probably no one knows intuitively what another human being needs more than a parent, especially a mother, right? just knows intuitively what their child know, what their child needs. But even a parent, at a certain point in time when the child grows up, a parent can't intuitively know what an adult child or an older child requires. You have to communicate expectations or communicate needs. So very beautiful. So perhaps Chodesh Baruch who's telling us, he's communicating to us, I don't expect perfection from you. He's articulating it. He's giving us some, not, only, not only a life lesson, but also a relationship lesson. I'm communicating to you the expectations from the relationship. I expect you to be great. I expect you to accomplish a lot. I expect you to try to avoid many of the pitfalls of existence, but I do not expect you to be perfect. Excellent. Good. Any other thoughts? Why would Echelish Baruch create an imperfect world? Right? I'm just saying, does this question bother you why Echelish Baruch created an imperfect world? I'm going to take your deafening silence as a yes. Right? Meaning, of course it does. Because remember, remember, this is a theological crisis every day. We see things happening in the world, and I can't for the life of me understand why you are doing this. We see people who are sick. We see people who suffer. We see people who seem to be terrible people, being incredibly successful. We see a whole variety of things. I look around and I always see imperfection. I don't, again, I, I believe you run the world, so okay, down Zlotova, but I don't understand it. Right? You've never had a thought in your mind where you think you're davening for someone for whatever the crisis is, right? It could be Rafu, it could be Parnos, it could be Shidukam, you could do anything. You could do anything. It's not even a snap of the fingers, it's nothing. You could cure this person. You can give this person their zivuk. You can give this person a child. You can give this person parnasa. It's no sweat off your back. So we see these perfections all the time. Yes. That is true, but remember, even when Mish- that is absolutely true, it could just be the function of Gullus, but it doesn't help me understand the why. I'm asking, remember, before Gullus, before, before, before Gullus, before anything, we're talking about now in creation, right? So before there was any of this, right? I, I agree, it could be that part of the Gullus dynamic is suffering with this inability to understand why the Ribbono Shel Olam does things. And especially when you see that the divine will appears sometimes to cause so much human suffering. That's godless. But again, we're talking over here in the creation of the world. So in the creation of the world, already said, the world's not perfect. The world's not perfect. It's just interesting, right? Imagine, imagine you set out to do a project, right? And you, know, you set out from the beginning, you say, you know what? This project is not going to be perfect. Right? Uh, this is going to be like a, a B-level project, like a C-level project, but I'm not making... People will give you, that's crazy. I don't know, if that happens, that's one thing. You put in your effort, the result's okay. But to start out mitrila, saying, no, I don't want perfection. I just want it to be good. 
when you don't have to settle for good, there must be something deeper. So any other thoughts? Yes? So excellent. Obviously, on the most basic level, if everything is perfect, then why does man need God? So it could be that the imperfections are what drive us to the Ribbon Shalom, which, which we know, which is unequivocally true. Meaning, in Adoma, one cannot compare a relationship that you have with Hashem when you have an acute need to a relationship that you have with Hashem when everything in life is going great. It's just, it's just human nature. Human nature is when I need Hashem more, the connection, right? You've ever had those moments in life? It's interesting. I, I had a situation like this not so long ago where there was a real crisis. And I found, went on for about a week or so. And I found that everywhere I went, I was carrying Tehillim. <laughs> like, literally, like every, and I'm, I'm not, I, it's funny because I teach for with a course on Tehillim for a couple of number of years now. I'm not always the, there are some people like that are go-to Tehillim people, like they're in a, an elevator, they're waiting, they, they take out Tehillim. I'm not that pious. But I, I found myself in, in this, in this matzah, always saying Tehillim. And then Baruch Hashem, situation resolved, everything was great. And I'll tell you something interesting. Then it was over. And I found myself, I said, wow, you know, this is going to sound very strange. I miss the crisis. I don't miss the actual crisis, but I miss how I felt during that crisis. Because in those moments, I had no power over this circumstance. No power at all. It was mamish bide Hashem. And that feeling of being wholly and totally dependent on the Ribbono Shal Olam, that helplessness was a kirva, was a closeness that I don't know I'd ever really ever felt. And then you would think the crisis was resolved. Incredible. And it was resolved with Tova. Incredible. And I couldn't, for some, it's a chisar in me, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't get that feeling back. I still tried to keep the Tehillim with me. Lasted for about three days. But, but, but you know, after that, that, that feeling of connection, uh, in that moment of tzara, I couldn't reconnect. Now, do I want more tzaras? No, 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 no. But it is interesting to note that the nature of the human condition is, I think if most of us kind of think about, uh, well, you're, you're, you're very young still, Baruch Hashem, but as you go through life, I think that you will find that sometimes the most intense moments of connection are those moments when you encounter the imperfection of the world in such a dramatic way. So there is no question that imperfection yields relationship. Excellent, good. Any other thoughts? Why create an imperfect world? Yes. Part of the extra question. Sure. Of course, of course. You, I don't. I don't know if that's true. I mean, again, it's obviously there's no way to answer that question because we don't know. But I think if you look at the nature of the human condition, most people, quote unquote, need Hashem more when there's imperfection in their life, and they perceive that they need Hashem less when everything is going according to plan. Right? You don't usually see people breaking down in tears in the middle of Shemona Esrei for brachas that they have. But you will find that when they're encountering Tzara. I think it's just the nature of the human condition. It's, it's, by the way, it's the same thing with any life relationship. You appreciate your parents more when you really need them. You appreciate your loved ones more when you really need them. When, when you don't need them as much, I love them, of course, I appreciate them, but it's, it's different. So I, I don't know. Could it have been the same if the world was created perfect? From, from, from the perspective that I look at the world now, I would think not. But of course, it's impossible to give a definitive answer like that. Any other thoughts? Why did Hashem create an imperfect world? Yes? Um, it's more like, um, 
we're eating a cereal and everything is going perfect, like, what's the point of it? We probably need to be happening. Like, don't we have to have to be Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what, no, no, go ahead. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? What's the purpose? So go ahead. Like, it's, it's not like a thing, obviously, that there's a point to the story. Like, there's a point to something happening. Like, what, what, what's the point? So let, let, excellent. So let's build on this for just a moment because Brucha Shekivant, you're like a, you're like a word or two away to be mechavin to the Darach Hashem. So Darach Hashem writes in number seven. It says as follows. That gets a psh. That definitely gets a psh. Okay, so now listen to this. The Alkane, Gazer, Vesider, Sheivru, Inyone, Shlemos, Vinyone, Chisar. Darach Hashem writes, why, Achadish Baruchu? Why are you creating an imperfect world? Why are you creating some things that are complete, some things that are deficient? So let me tell you the rest of this outside. What the Derech Hashem goes on, I only quoted to a very small part over here, and Rav Kook, Rav Avram Yisrael Kohen Kook, actually quotes this Derech Hashem in his introduction to Oro Satshuva. And essentially, what he develops, kind of using Rav Cook's interpretation of the Derech Hashem, is the imperfections in this world create for us the opportunity to partner with the Ribbono Shalolam. Meaning, as, as was mentioned, imagine if everything was perfect. So you're right, the world is not here for entertainment, but remember, if everything was perfect, then what am I doing here? What, what, like, what, what? So I'm here, I'm in this world, What's my job? What What am I doing here if the fruit trees taste like fruit? If everything is perfect. So Der Hashem says something amazing. He says, The Ribbono Shal Olam created an imperfect world because those imperfections are the way He invites me to partner with Him in my Sebereshis. To partner with Him in building. So it's almost who purposely left certain things unfinished certain things in a state of disrepair, certain things broken, certain things imperfect, and he invites me, go fix it. Partner with me. I did my part of I created the world. I created man. For six days, I created anything and everything that you will find in this world. But if you, you can't be a spectator in life, you can't be a spectator. You must be a partner. And isn't this an incredible thing? Because the Melach Machayam Lachim, understand the privilege the Ribbonosh Olam invites us to be partners in the creation of the world. You see, what's interesting is as follows. When Adam Arishon is created, sometimes you can, get the, you can get the feeling that Adam was created almost as a spectator. Now, we know that's not true from the first word of Hashbar, who says to him, Adam is invited to work. He's invited to do something. But if you look at, remember again, Adam was created on the sixth day. Why? Right, because right, Rashi quotes, I don't know if it's a Gemara or a Medjish, but Rashi, Shabbat wanted him to come into a world that had a shulchan orech, a set table. Shabbat didn't want Admarishon living through construction. He didn't want it, right? If you have to live through construction, it's very uncomfortable, right? This day, today you could use this room, tomorrow you could use that. Shabbat didn't want that. Come into a world that is fully finished. So you look at that, you say, well, Adam's a spectator. So what happens? That Baruch Hu purposely leaves things unfinished and imperfect, and those imperfections become man's invitation to partner with the Ribbono Shal Olam in the creative process. Now, when you begin to look at the world this way, the ent- one's entire worldview 
shifts. So suddenly every imperfection is an invitation. Every imperfection is an opportunity to partner with the Ribbono Shal Olam in an effort to somehow, some way, make the world a little bit better. Take a look at number eight on your sheet. There's an incredible Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Look at three things. Look at three things and you will not come to sin. What are the three things? Know what is above you. Right, literally again, a, a watchful eye, an attentive ear, and all of your words are, or all of your deeds are recorded in a sefer in a book. What's the message of the Mishnah? Basic message of the Mishnah. Right, Chalish Baruch Hu is watching. Right, really, when you when we look at this Mishnah, this Mishnah is really telling me: be on your best behavior. Be on your best behavior, because you know sometimes we know all of us, all of us, have a public face and a private face. That that's just the way human beings are. We have the persona that we project and the persona we have behind closed doors. Hopefully, the golden life is to be tocho kibaro, is to be a genuine person, and to pretty much those same images line up. But very often they're very different, right? The, the public persona I put on might be different than the personal persona. And a person might think as long as the public persona is kasher and yashar, that's enough. No, right? Be careful because the Baruch Hu sees everything, hears everything, and everything is recorded. There's no such thing as a meaningless act or gesture in the eyes of the Ribbono Shalom. Everything is significant by Hashem. But I'll show you something amazing. So again, the Mishnah is a very powerful idea. Ultimately, again, because the Mishnah, the Mishnah allows for me to go ahead and be cognizant and vigilant about how I live. Everything I do, everything I say is recorded and is meaningful. Which I want to point out, sometimes we look at this Mishnah and it sounds like the Ribbon Shalom is mamish. Like it, It's not painting a picture of a vengeful God. Sanak Khadish Baruch who's saying, Oh, everything you do is recorded, be careful. It's actually just the opposite. It's Sanak Baruch who loves me so much that let me say it differently. You ever have you ever have a person in your life who when they talk, you generally your mind tends to go elsewhere? Alright, again, once again, you're a very righteous group. There are people, right? I have I know this person. Person's gonna talk uninterrupted without taking a breath for 13 and a half minutes. I just know. And I have to listen, so I'm gonna smile, I'm gonna nod, I'm gonna insert an occasional hmm, you know, in the middle to so that. But like if you ask me afterwards what they said, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. And it's it should because again, they're just gonna just so there are people like that when they talk, you know, unfortunately it might not be all that substantive. And so I'm just gonna let them talk, let them do their thing, because that's proper midos. So you might have thought that maybe a Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't care about what you do. Maybe the little things or what you say or what you... But the Mishnah is saying is Kaddish Baruch Hu loves us so much and we are so important that we go ahead and he hears everything. It, it, it's a demonstration of love. You know, today, it's, you know, Baruch Hashem, we had our, our first grandchild about seven months ago. Baruch Hashem. And it's amazing because my, my, my daughter and son-in-law... So like they video everything, right? They picture everything, every single thing. The baby ate a Cheerio, mamish. It's like, you know, but, but it's why? What, what, and you look at it, you say like, okay, you could get like one picture of the Cheerio. I don't know that you need every single picture of the Cheerio, right? Why? Because it's important. Because it's important. Because when a parent has that child, every single thing that child does 
from the first step to when she holds herself up to the first Cheerio, everything is significant. What the Mishnah is saying is the Ribono Olam loves us. Ayin Roa Ozen Shomas V'chol Maasecha B'Seif Menechtavin means Chavish Baruch Hu watches every single thing that I do not because he wants to patch me, not because he's getting angry, so he's looking to strike me down. Just the opposite. He cares about. He loves me. He's taking pictures of every single Cheerio. And he's concerned with every single thing. He wants to hear, what are my words? What am I saying? Not because he's, he's oh, sober spoke, another one that's four times for today. No, because he's genuinely interested in what I'm talking about and what I'm involved in. And he records all of my deeds because every single thing that I do is significant in the eyes of the Ribono Shalom. So, but yet, take this mission a little bit further. I think this, so the mission is very inspiring. I think we often understand it in the wrong way. But it's actually, I think, very inspiring and very uplifting. But if you take a look at number nine, tell this Yaakov Yosef says something so beautiful. This is Rav Yaakov Yosef of Polnoy, who was the Talmud Mufak of the Baal Shem Tav HaKadosh. See, he says something amazing. He says, number nine, so the told something amazing. He says, sometimes, you know, humility generally is assumed to be a good midah. Humility is a good midah, except when it's not. What do I mean by that? That sometimes a person can be so humble that they think they don't matter. They think they don't matter. So... I should have Kavana when I dive in. Okay. And if I don't, and if I don't, what's going to happen? The sky's going to fall, right? And if I don't, what? The rain's not going to come? Or I know I'm supposed to learn Torah, okay? And if I don't, I'm supposed to do Chesed. And if I don't, so we often view the things that we do as very nice, but at the end of the day, kind of inconsequential. I, I, don't, I don't move the universal needle all that much, right? What I do or what I don't do doesn't matter all that much. Look what he says. But if we actually knew, says the Toldos Yaakov Yosef, how everything we do has a dramatic impact, how every single thing we do moves the universal needle, how every single thing we do has an impact, not just on us and not just on those around us, but ultimately, again, in the entire world, how careful and how vigilant we would be with how we conduct our lives. Look at the last paragraph. This was the message in the Mishnah. So first of all, this happens to be a beautiful reading of the Mishnah. That the Mishnah says, See, the beautiful part in the great Hasidic masters is it's all about where you put the punctuation. Right? So we normally read it as know what is above you. So the Rebbe says that's not how you read it. It's da semicolon. Know the following. Everything that occurs by a Kodesh Baruch everything that occurs in the celestial sphere, mimcha, is from you. Is from you. You matter. The koach that exists by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not the koach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but the koach that exists in the Pamal Yoshamal, in the celestial seer, the koach of the Malachim, da, da, no, malamala, that which is the Elyon Elyon in Shamayim, mimcha, 
is because of you. That what you do matters. That what you do is significant. That what you do makes a difference. Now, what does that mean? Let's, let's tie this back to the mouse. Hashemah created an imperfect world. Hashemah created an imperfect world. And why did he create that imperfect world according to the Derech Hashem? Why? Why? To allow us to partner. It's all partnership. The Ribbono Shal Olam does not want spectators. Does not want spectators. You know, even if you look at the way we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, different religions have different ways of serving. But in many religions, people show up to a house of worship, they sit and they listen. They sit and they're passive. Jews never sit and listen to anyone, right? What do we do when we daven? Right, this one's this one, this voice, this one's loud, this one's low, this one's moving, this one's this. There's a Hashemaruch wants partnership. He doesn't want spectators. He doesn't want people who sit back and relax. That's not what he wants. He wants people who are willing to partner with him in the building of a beautiful world. So now perhaps that's what the Mishnah is saying as well. So remember, So number one says, No, that everything that occurs above is from you. But perhaps what the Mishnah is saying is like this. Therefore, if I recognize that my tachlis in this world is to partner with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the Rebona Sha'olam created, you know, there's a, there's a, a, I don't know if you ever heard this name, Rabbi Elimelech Goldberg. He started an organization called Kids Kicking Cancer. It's an incredible thing where he's like a karate master also, and he somehow uses like martial arts to keep, teach children who are terminally ill about controlling their breathing, about managing their pain. So he has, a, he has a, I forgot the name of the book, but he has a great line in the book. He said, God created an imperfect world perfectly. God created an imperfect world perfectly. The imperfections are by design. And the imperfections are by design because they allow us to partner. And therefore, look what the Mishnah is saying. The Mishnah says, as you go through life, look at three things. What three things? Ayin Roa. Ayin Roa. Now, we normally think Ayin Roa is referring to who? Who's Ayin? Who's Ayin? The Ribbon Shalom. Who sees? Perhaps the Mishnah is saying like this. Ayin Roa. If you see something, do something. You know, sometimes we see a, a situation of disrepair. We see something that is broken in life. What do we often do when we see something broken? What do we do? We crack. Oh, so sad. So sad. And then what happens? Oh, I'm hungry. Let me go for lunch, right? In other words, that, that, like, we, we go ahead and we crack. We sad. Okay, then, then, then we move on. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows you to see something that is broken, that is because you have the ability to do something about it. Now again... What you can do is dependent on circumstances. Sometimes what I could do is I could roll up my sleeves and actually help. Sometimes I see someone or something that is broken and I don't have to walk by. I can sit there and I can go ahead and actually try to fix the particular situation. Sometimes I see something broken and maybe the only thing for me to do is to daven. There, there are different meaning, there are different things, but one thing is clear. Whenever you see something that is broken, if you see it, you know what happens when you see something broken? The devotion was whispering in your ear. It's an invitation to partner. Come partner with me. I created a world. I created the imperfect world perfectly. And I created the imperfections because I'm inviting you not to be a spectator. I'm inviting you to come and join me. So join me. You see something broken, don't crack and move on. But try to do something to fix it. Try to do something to make a difference. Ozen Shomas. 
If you hear about something that is broken, if you hear of something that is in a state of disrepair, don't again say, oh, so sad and move on with your life. If you see something broken, if you hear something broken, do something. Because whenever you see the brokenness in this world, it is an invitation from the Ribbono Shalom to help. I did my part of the Shabbat who says, I built an imperfect world. I left things undone so that you, man, should be able to partner with me in the creative process. And look how the Mishnah ends. The Chol Ma'asecha B'Sefer Nechtabin means what? At the end of the day, after 120, do you know what we're judged based on? How much did you partner with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to fix a broken world? The Chol Ma'asecha B'Sefer Nechtabin. At the end of the day, the litmus test of a successful life is how much did I partner with the Ribbono Shal Olam in order to fix or to remedy the imperfections of this world. That is the Tachlis Ha'adam. The Ribbono Shal Olam created an imperfect world perfectly. The imperfections are the invitation for us to step up and do something. And again, I can't say enough, doing something is always relative. Sometimes doing something literally means something physical. Sometimes something just means something spiritual. But whenever you see something broken, whenever you hear of something broken, I have a moral, religious, spiritual obligation to step up and do something. For that is the purpose for which I was created. Because otherwise, Kaddish Baruch Hu could have just made a perfect world. It's certainly within his yichola, it's certainly within his ability. And if we tie this all together, remember again when we started, is this our third class on the Sados? Yeah, I think it's our third class on the Sados. So remember again when we started this, go back to number one on your sheets for just a moment. So remember again, we started again with the Sados Omrim. What do the fields say? Hashem bichachma yasadars. Our entire, our entire mahalich in the Sados was, what's the wisdom? What's the wisdom that the earth tries to convey? And now we understand the wisdom of the earth essentially is Hashem created an imperfect world perfectly. Because remember again, the earth did not comply with the Ratzon Hashem. The Ratzon Hashem was Eitz Pri Ose Pri. That was the Ratzon Hashem, so to speak. And remember again, what did Rashi say? The Hilo came. The earth did not comply. Earth doesn't have Bechira, but the earth was the vehicle through which this message of imperfection was birthed into the world, birthed into the universe. The wisdom of the earth, the Chachma Yasad Aretz was, Hashem created an imperfect world perfectly. Why? The imperfections are there to allow us to partner. What you hear, when you hear imperfections, when you see imperfections, hear the whisper of the Riban Shalom inviting you to partner in the creative process. And what a different way to look at the tsaras that we all see. Everybody sees tsaras each and every day. Whether you see tsaras within, you know, your more immediate Daladamas Chas Shalom, or you see tsaras in the greater world, now a day goes by that we don't see something that's broken. Well, how do you deal with the broken things that you see? Again, do you krechts and then just walk on? Or do you say, Ribbon Shalom is inviting me to help partner in the creative process to remedy some of the imperfections. That is the chokhmah, is the wisdom of the arts. All right, so we'll stop over here for today. Emirat Hashem, we will continue next week. I, don't, I think we might 
transition a little bit to Perak Beis, to maybe, we're going to know a little bit out of order, but Amir Hashem will get to actually next week. When is Tanis Esther? On Thursday. So we have regular class next week. All right, so maybe what we'll do is maybe we'll do one class on Purim. Amir Hashem and I will find a Perak Shira Tayin somehow. But we'll continue Amir Hashem next week. Of course.